0: This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And
1: I'm Aaron Granillo. The state is bracing for a double dose of viruses this fall when influenza hits the COVID-19 pandemic head on.
0: That's one reason why public health doctors are urging people to get their flu shots this year to limit the chance of getting sick in overwhelming hospitals.
1: Dr. Jeff Duchin is King County's public health officer and joins us for today's episode. Thanks for speaking with us. Good morning. Good morning. So, Dr. Duchin, what do you fear could happen if COVID cases remain too high when the flu season begins?
2: Influenza is unpredictable. I need to say right at the outset that it's very difficult to predict in advance what type of flu season we'll have. The past two years, we've had uh, rather um, significant flu seasons, um, long and many illnesses, many hospitalizations and many deaths. Um, and now we have COVID that is expected to worsen in the fall. So should we have both a severe or even an an average flu season, um, at the same time as we're having increasing COVID, it would lead to a large number of illnesses and many of us becoming ill with illnesses that are hard to distinguish. So influenza um, can appear a lot like COVID, um, requiring many of us to isolate, to quarantine, to be tested for COVID. And unfortunately, significant number of hospitalizations and deaths may result. Now, the
0: flu vaccine changes each year because you have to anticipate which viruses are, are going to prevail, right? So do you know if this year's strain is a particularly virulent one?
2: We won't know until the season is in progress. And um, influenza is, as I said, unpredictable. Um, Sometimes it drifts a little bit away from the vaccine strain. Other times it's a good match. And it's really only as we get the experience of people who've been vaccinated and exposed to the virus um, that we learn that. So at this point, there's no reason to think that there will be problems. We expect it to be a good match for what was last circulating. But until the season is over, we can't really tell you um, how well the vaccine worked. We expect it will provide meaningful protection against infection and very good protection against hospitalization and severe illness.
1: We know public health offices around the country are overwhelmed right now. Are there any fears right now that there might be not enough doses of the vaccine this year, the flu vaccine, that is?
2: No. uh, We expect um, record-breaking supplies of influenza vaccine because of COVID, anticipating an increased demand. Now, that said, we know that less than half of adults who have underlying health conditions get flu vaccine in a typical year. The highest rates are among adults 65 and older because they understand that they're at very high risk for hospitalization and death. But our younger adults and our healthy adults tend to take up the vaccine at much lower rates. And that's really where we have a lot of room for improvement this year. We'd love for all adults particularly those who have underlying risk factors, as well as our older adults and children to be vaccinated. Because again, we want to decrease the likelihood of people getting sick and requiring a hospital visit or a healthcare visit. We want to keep people as healthy as possible. And we don't want them to get illnesses that will be confused with COVID-19.
0: So Dr. Duchin, can you settle this confusion over the changing CDC guideline? The new guideline apparently was that for people not showing symptoms of COVID-19, they don't necessarily need to get tested if they're they're asymptomatic even if they feel they may have been exposed. So uh, what's your guidance on this?
2: Uh it is a very um unusual um guideline from the CDC. Um we we have never seen anything like this. Um I think They are um, asking state and local health departments to make um, the judgment of who needs to be tested, and we're very willing to step up and do so. We know that if you have been exposed to COVID-19, you should be tested. And in Washington State, King County, we will continue to recommend testing of all close contacts of people who have COVID-19. It's the right thing to do to decrease the risk of those people spreading infection to others. So, Um, We're going to continue doing what we've been doing, and I think most parts of the U.S. will continue to be doing what they're doing. And remember, people spread this disease before they become ill, before they look ill. You know, our friends and family, when we get together, we must assume that everyone is carrying COVID-19. Take precautions to prevent spread. Stay apart physically, wear masks, avoid prolonged close contact in indoor spaces where there's poor air circulation.
0: So so, where's the hole in the system? Is, is mask use up? Are there other infection routes that we're not addressing um, uh, seriously enough?
2: I think it's a combination of things. You know, the um, virus transmits very readily from person to person, and right. people need to further reduce discretionary activities. I, I mean, obviously, I think we can all see that lots of people are I'm socializing right now in the summertime, and we saw a big spike. But they're wearing masks. You
0: had, do you have indications that even if you there, – there are times when even if you are wearing a mask, you can transmit the virus?
2: Oh, absolutely! A mask is not one hundred percent protective against COVID nineteen. If it was, we'd have this under control pretty quickly. Yeah. A mask reduces the risk, but the most effective thing to do is to eat, is to decrease the number of contacts with others. Uh, these masks aren't, um, you know, completely and one hundred percent blocking the virus, and they're not pr- mm-hmm. protecting the wearer very well. So um, the bottom line is, masks are a tool, an important tool, but they must be used in conjunction with decreasing the number of activities, the proximity to others, and the duration of contact with others. So you
0: should still, even with the mask on, even if both, let's say you've got, all right, five people with masks on in a cluster, you should still all try to stay six feet apart? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, okay. Because I I think, see, the message I got was that it was uh, mask up or six feet apart, unmasked. But you're saying you need to do both.
2: Yes. Whenever possible, you need to keep the distance and wear the mask because the mask will reduce the risk and the distance will reduce the risk. And together you have um, more risk reduction. Neither one is a guarantee. It a lot also depends on the environment that you're in. Outdoors, much, much safer. Um, the indoor environments, particularly indoor environments that are um, poorly ventilated, um, are much higher risks. So mask use will decrease your risk in in both outdoors and indoor environments. Staying farther apart will decrease your risk. Avoiding indoor poorly ventilated spaces will in, uh, would decrease your risk. But none of them, um, outside of completely avoiding contact with others, is 100% effective. They need to be used together.
1: Dr. Duchin, you alluded to reopening schools uh, earlier on there. If we continue on this downward trend that we've been seeing the last uh, several weeks now, is it possible, based on the trajectory we're at right now, that school children could return for in person learning before the end of this year?
2: I think so. I think the Washington state guidelines are reasonable guidelines for when um, we should consider bringing kids back for in person learning. And what they state is that when we're under uh, 75 cases per 100,000 over 14 days, schools should consider bringing back the highest risk children who are um, suffering the greatest amount of both um, educational and um, behavioral and medical um, consequences from being out of school. So the youngest learners, kids who have special needs, um, children who um, need psychological support and other um, counseling and or physical therapy at school, starting with those young kids and then um, increasing the ages as possible, if it remains safe and the school is able to operate, um, would be a a reasonable thing to do. And I think if we do the right thing together as a community, work together, wear masks constantly, avoid close contact, avoid poorly ventilated indoor spaces, um, we can get there and we can uh, start bringing kids back and uh, see how it works. And all of this is unprecedented so we can't say for sure what we're going to experience we need to take small steps evaluate reassess readjust if necessary and move forward if we're able to safely
0: on the possibility of a another shutdown i just saw the if the you saw the long piece in the wall street journal uh, i guess it was earlier this week which uh, tried to assemble all the science and seemed to come to the conclusion that a total shutdown was never necessary that we could have achieved the same thing if we had had instant universal compliance with mask wearing and and uh, distancing and, you know, maybe avoiding uh, large groups. How do you feel about that? Should, Should we start seeing numbers go up again? Could we prevent it this time without a shutdown, but with more individual discipline?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good, uh, speculative question. You know, the shutdown, I think the Wall Street Journal was talking about, you know, a shutdown everywhere at the same time. And they were wondering about whether communities that had lower incidents needed to have a complete shutdown. Clearly, once the disease starts to accelerate in your community and, Reaches that what the um, exponential phase of growth, where it's doubling every few days, a complete shutdown is the only thing that will stop it. Um, New York City is the example I think that they used. They waited way too long. They had no choice but to implement a complete shutdown. It's possible that if people will comply, that less stringent um, um, measures um, can can be effective. Um, again, you know, this is all. Uh, based on theory, but it's worth trying. And there are layered interventions. So mask use is the layered intervention. The more compliance we have with mask use, the less this disease will transmit. Decreasing the number of discretionary activities outside the home. If we can get people to cut their activities, even if by half, that will help if we um, are able to improve ventilation in indoor air spaces, um, that will help. So it's quite possible. And that's what we're trying to do right now is to layer on these various interventions one upon the other. None of them are 100%, but as they're layered together, if they work adequately, we would not need to do a shutdown. And that's the whole point. We want people to be able to do as much as possible. But in order to do that, We have to be very smart and very safe about how we go about it. So,
1: Dr. Duchin, uh, statewide, I believe the latest count we have, the latest sort of two-week rolling average that we've been seeing, we're at about 100 cases per 100,000 residents. I know the state wants to see this 25 cases per 100,000. That seems incredibly difficult to reach at this point. Can you explain to us, though, why public health doctors are so adamant about hitting that goal?
2: We want COVID to be as low as possible. We want people to be as healthy as possible. We want to be able to get back to school and get back to economic activity. And the best way to do that is to control the spread of the virus. So um, really understanding the need to decrease the number of activities outside the home, to decrease close contact with people outside the household, to wear masks constantly when in public and around others, and to avoid closed spaces indoors where the virus can linger and lead to larger numbers of infections than it can outdoors. So that number, that 25 is our goal. And of course, you know we are completely 100% interdependent and depend on how each and every one of us um, adjusts our behavior and our lives and our environments as to whether or not we reach that goal. And as a community, as a society, I think if we do work together and take these steps, we can reach that goal, but we have to deal with you know, what the reality is. And if it turns out we can not hit 25 per 100,000 over 14 days, um, we'll have to manage with whatever level we're, we are at, but that will make it less safe for us to do all the things that we want to do. King
0: County Public Health Officer, Dr. Jeff Duchin. Dr. Duchin, thanks very much.
2: Great talking with you.
0: And so that's a pretty optimistic to me. It seems like based on what we know now, uh, as long as people understand that the mask use works and that it has to be combined with these other measures, should the infection rate uh, inch up again during flu season, we would know that there is an alternative to a total shutdown. And it is each of us individually taking this seriously and uh, doing these these little things which individually can't prevent the infection, but when taken together can be as effective as what we attempted to achieve with that total shutdown. This is COVID-19 Seattle, and we will see you on Monday.